Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope to Hear This podcast. Today we have returning guest Edward Sun, rapper slash graphic designer. And he really opens up today and gets vulnerable with us to talk about something he's been struggling with. And then that thing was addiction. And he's been seeking help with a therapist to overcome this addiction. And I learned a ton about just how addiction for some people can be a mechanism to self-medicate, um, to cover up for other things that aren't on the surface. So it was really eye-opening for me, and I think it'll be for you too. So thank you for so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Edward, thank you so much for coming back. Yes. Um, it, it, uh, it's nice to have a sound guy who knows sound stuff uh. here, because <laughs> um, if you guys are watching on the YouTube and even sound quality wise, you might be able to tell um, this is uh, I, I did an in-person interview actually not that long ago, but I feel like I don't do them regularly. So every time I started the mixer, I have to like mm-hmm. play around with it and stuff. Yeah. Um, Technology. There was an issue, guys. This episode <laughs> almost didn't happen. <laughs> there was an issue, but Edward helped me uh, figure it out. So um, yeah, thanks so much for being here, man. Of course. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. And and PSA. Actually, this is an interesting question. I actually, yeah. Sorry. Before we get into the main topic, I want yeah. to ask you. I just felt compelled to tell people that we're both vaccinated, and so we're doing this. And I think a part of it might be like we're responsible. So people watching, please be responsible as well. Mm, yeah. But I wonder if it's like a social pressure kind of thing. Do you ever feel like? in the COVID era that we now have to announce certain things so that we're not mistaken for being irresponsible. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, it's just one of the things that is added to the list that people will judge you quickly for. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I, it's, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I, I also, I'm like, it's a little weird about it because it's new Mm. and, I don't really know in my head where the motivation is coming from. If it's actually, I want people to be responsible or if I feel pressured to in like a weird, yeah, in a weird way. But I don't know. I don't know. If you guys have any thoughts, please let let us know. But yeah, all that to say, we are vaccinated. So um, yeah, we we felt comfortable being in person like this. But it's it's so great to see you. I feel like I haven't seen you in person since... It might be the last. No, 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 no. We we ran into each other at the park. Yeah, yeah. but that was still like a year ago. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was like early COVID days. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So um, for those of you guys who don't know, who didn't catch the last episode that I did with Edward, um, the the new podcast <laughs> logo and the new like brand identity was all done by Edward. Um, the beginning of that process happened in person. Yes. But then it quickly went remote <laughs> yes. because of COVID. Right. I remember one of the last times we met was, um, I think we were like, oh, this this COVID thing, that's it's pretty interesting, huh? Like that that was the conversation we <laughs> oh, were yeah, having. No, yeah. I remember we were at a coffee shop. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And we were like, huh, like, I wonder if this is like a big deal. And then the yeah. next time we we're like, oh, shoot, we got to. Yeah, now we can't meet anymore. <laughs> yeah. We have to do everything online. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So I, it's, it's really glad. I'm really glad to have you back. Um. And the reason why you are back is because last time, again, referring to that podcast, I don't know if we talked about it in the podcast or if we had a conversation afterward, but we were talking about like mental health. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm always a very big advocate for mental health. I was talking about how at that time I had started um, like counseling to like address my anxiety. Um, and yeah, we, we were talking a little bit and you were like, you know, I, I would love to share you know, you told me you would love to share your story with uh, yeah. mental health, but yours is from a very different angle, from yeah. a different thing. But it's the thing that I suspect a lot of people struggle with, but don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I'm so glad you're willing to talk about it. You're willing to be vulnerable about it. And yeah, like I, I think it's going to really, I'm hoping it sparks dialogue um, and it gets people to be comfortable talking about it as well. So you want to kind of tell us uh, what you've been like dealing with and like addressing? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, well, I guess I'll just call it what it is. Um, I've been dealing with sex addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I didn't know 
that it was called that like in the field of mm-hmm. mental health but um the way it manifested itself in my life was always like porn addiction mm. um like this pattern of you know watching porn in secret and then telling myself i will i won't do this anymore i'm going to stop doing this and this is wrong um and all of that and then uh eventually inevitably doing it again mm-hmm. and then the cycle has just gone on for years and years and years mm-hmm. until um i got married and then you know um it continued mm-hmm. and then you know my wife had to deal with it and you know i got to see how much it hurt her mm-hmm. And, you know, in relationships, you don't want to just, when there's a problem, you don't want to just say, I'll try harder Mm -hmm. because that's not a real solution. (laughs) Um, And so what I decided to do was to start uh, seeing a therapist Mm. for it. At the time, I wouldn't even have said it was an addiction. Mm. I never thought of it that way or saw it that way. And then when I went to the therapist, the first session, I was telling him about, like, what I was struggling with. And then he was like, yeah, this is very typical addictive behavior that you're describing oh, you wow. know so and, can yeah. i didn't ask you um i don't know if, if you'll know the answer answer to this but you know how there we grew up hearing from like throughout like sex education and like in high school we hear things like oh, like masturbation porn like it's all like normal behavior right so like where where does that line do you know if there is a line like for what is considered normal healthy behavior versus like addictive behavior yeah, I um so I do want to say that, you know, if you're not a Christian, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I think the line is different. Okay. Um I think because I'm a Christian, um yeah, watching porn is immoral. Mm. That's my belief. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, I just think um addiction I guess is difficult to define, but there is a test. Mm. So there is a sexual addict sex addiction test mm-hmm. um which it's like it tells you it's like yes or no like you check if something is, is true for you mm-hmm. and then um at the end it'll tell you like if you got this number then you're like you are an addict mm-hmm. right and so that was kind of the tool mm-hmm. that i used um and it showed me that i was an addict mm-hmm. <laughs> you know um and so that's what it was for me gotcha. I, I don't know the official definition for all things but i know that a lot of addiction i guess we will probably go into this more Mm -hmm. during this conversation Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of things in common between addictions um that i think would make me also characterize certain behaviors that aren't like porn addiction addictions Hmm. so i mean let's get into it now like do you know of what kind of characteristics there are to make something an addictive behavior versus not yeah so one thing that comes to mind um this is something that kind of blew my mind mm-hmm. about my problem mm-hmm. um now i i guess just to give some context like i also spent i mean because i was a christian for the last 10 plus years mm-hmm. um during this struggle like i've tried so many things to get rid of this problem mm-hmm. right like i literally i watched like at at least hundreds of sermons mm-hmm. and i've read books and i've talked to people i've talked to pastors i've talked to friends i talked to mentors and um i've looked up all the resources on like articles and all this stuff and i've tried a lot of i tried memorizing like tons of scripture like it's a lot of stuff you yeah. know um and so it was like at the, at the point where i was like oh i tried accountability groups i was like some if i can't stop myself someone else has to stop me yeah. but that doesn't even work you know mm. and so uh, it got to the point where i was like completely hopeless mm. And then I was introduced by my therapist to this resource, uh, Pure Desire. It's a ministry that deals specifically with sexual brokenness. Oh. Um, and they, um, yeah, the, the I was listening to a podcast. The guy, Ted Roberts, who started it, he was talking about it. And he said, um, almost always when someone has this type of addiction, they're medicating some pain from their past. Um, and it almost always ties back to their origin family. Um, and so, you know, when I heard that, I was like, how could that be? I never heard that before. Mm. I always thought this was just like an isolated thing. I want something. Mm -hmm. I can't have it. It's like that tension. Mm -hmm. But 
in actuality, it was always, I have trauma from my uh, family of origin. Um, most, probably most significantly, my relationship with my dad. Um, and I've carried, I've internalized all the things that he communicated to me, you know, intentionally or unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that trauma. And then I kind of carried that with me throughout my life. And anything that uh, pushes me to feel similarly, mm-hmm. like a sense of worthlessness, mm-hmm. um, I medicate it with this addiction. Oh, wow. Um, and that is actually the same uh, route, usually, for alcoholism, mm. um, for drug addiction, mm. um, gambling addiction, things like that. Things that can give you a really temporary rush of pleasure mm-hmm. um, that helps you escape the, I guess, the pain that you might feel. So is it something conscious? Like, for example, like before, like, like when you were struggling with it, if like before you like decided to go watch porn or whatever, mm-hmm. was it like you felt a conscious, you know, thing like feeling of worthlessness, for example? Is it, and then was it a response to that or was it like subconscious or yeah. were you even aware that that was happening? No, I, it's, it was completely subconscious. I mean, oh, it's, wow. it's like when you, um, you know how people develop coping mechanisms mm-hmm. for anything, you mm-hmm. know, like if you go through an accident, a car accident, you develop these coping mechanisms without realizing, you know, mm-hmm. just to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, when I got in it, in this car accident and my, it was like a serious car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, I, I found myself, you know, watching a lot of shows. I, I, I'm not like, I don't spend like all day watching shows. That's mm-hmm. like not me. I love shows, but yeah. that's not like what I do. Um, but, you know, unknowingly, it was so hard for me to uh, not do anything and not occupy my mind with other thoughts because I would keep replaying the accident. And oh, it's wow. it's kind of, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if everyone does it, but I know most people develop coping mechanisms for anything that is painful, Mm. you know, uh, and there are healthy ones, constructive ones, and then there are unhealthy and destructive ones. Mm. And sex addiction is one of the destructive ones. Mm. Same with alcoholism, drug addiction, stuff like that. So, so, um, so you were saying that the motivating factor to seeking help was the strain that it had on your relationship with your wife. Yes. So was there like a trigger point? Was there like a, um, like you, was it, like you just immediately decided, okay, I got to stop doing this. Or was there like a slow build or was there an event that triggered it? Like, how did mm-hmm. you come to, how did you get yourself to start seeking help for it? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, I mean, it was a relapse. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a few, when we got married, there were a few relapses that I had mm-hmm. So it's also unique because when we got married, it was during COVID. So we were spending all day together. It wasn't like if, if before I got married, if when I was single, I was acting out like every day, Mm -hmm. I wasn't because Mm -hmm. I was always with my wife. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I acted out a few times Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I would tell her every time. Mm -hmm. And the first, I would say two or three times she was, uh, quick to like, forgive me Mm -hmm. and, be gracious and everything but then i think the fourth or fifth time she dwelled on it more Mm -hmm. and it made her feel how she would feel if she was cheated on right you know um and then seeing that how much it hurt her Mm. um and how much it communicated to her that i didn't love her or that she wasn't good enough or i wasn't satisfied stuff like that even though that's not what it was it was me trying to escape my own pain you yeah. know yeah um yeah me seeing that is what really pushed me to like we had a long conversation about it she told me everything she felt and then i i couldn't just say i'm sorry mm. i had to say i'm sorry this is something that i want to do to make sure it changes mm. you know yeah so yeah so what were you know how um i mean growing up in the church there's always things that pe- like the church well, not always. It's not always at... Yeah, you're right. Actually, in... I'm sorry. I'm talking to myself in my head. In the Korean church, we don't really talk about it at all. But when I went to events with like North Point Church or like Passion Church, Passion City Church, um, they would occasionally talk about it and talk about all the 
detrimental reasons why you shouldn't watch porn, right? So, mm. like, one of the things、um, that they always talk about is how bad porn is to like the female actresses. Like, it like ruins their life. Like, it's like very, and then like a lot of them they get like preyed on, right, by like people who notice that they have like、um, hurtful pasts and things like that, right? So. There's that, and then there's also like they talk about all the like negative consequences of watching porn and things like that. But do you think is that like an effective way of deterring people from from approaching that, or was it not effective? Yeah, I I think、um, what is more effective,、mm-hmm. I I'm sure it's important. You know, it's important to know the societal, the social impact、mm-hmm. of what you're doing、mm-hmm. when you do this.、Um, if you're hurting people. Like you should know,、mm-hmm. right?、Mm-hmm. But I think what's more important,、uh, maybe more effective, at least it has been for me, is、um, an approach to holistic well-being,、mm. right? So,、um, like I said, it's it's not a issue of I'm addicted to sex as much as it is、uh, an issue of I have this trauma that I have not dealt with. In a healthy way,、mm, you know, right?、Um, and when you just tell people like the way you're dealing with it is wrong,、mm-hmm. but you don't tell them this is how you should deal with it. This is a healthy way, and not just say this is a healthy way to do it, but I'm going to help you,、mm-hmm. and here are the resources. We're going to, as a community, like help you recover.、Mm-hmm. You know,、mm-hmm. um, just like if somebody, you know, got in a horrible accident and. They had to go through this physical therapy. They had to go through rehab and all this stuff to recover. You know, if they have a supportive community around them, there the community is going to help them.、Yeah. You know,、mm-hmm. and if they're just like, you know, if their leg is broken and they're just like trying to walk without a cast or whatever、mm-hmm. and all that, people are going to tell them you need to stop doing that. Instead, you should do this.、Mm-hmm. You know, but I think in the church,、um, we we say this is something that you should never do. And if you do it, you're evil.、Mm. You know, you're、right. bad, and that's it.、Mm. There is no understanding that there is a deeper issue going on there. You、right. know that that we need to address because it's more difficult, and it's uncomfortable to talk about.、Yeah. You know, but、uh, and it's so taboo. You know,、mm. people think I don't know for some reason this issue is more evil than. Like arrogance、mm. or lying, you know, and this is also why you know you'll see so many、uh, prominent spiritual leaders eventually、uh, not be able to hide the the way that they're escaping their pain anymore. Yeah,、uh, and then they their affair comes out or whatever scandal comes out.、Um, it's because the church has so stigmatized this issue,、mm. um, and not only that, the solution to it is stigmatized, like mental health therapy. You know stuff like、right. that, support groups.、Um, so it's just like a lose lose situation、yeah. that I don't want to over spiritualize it, but it is like the devil's <laughs> uh, success, right, you know? right? Like the yeah the 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 destructive habit is seen as evil by everyone,、mm. and the solution is seen as evil. By everyone, and I,、so. I would even say that the solution is not known to a lot of people. I,、mm-hmm. I think, in my mind, the solution to some of that behavior is just literally just discipline, like discipline、mm-hmm. yourself. And and so, like, I actually didn't even realize until you you told me that、um, it's a way, it's a form of self medicating due to、mm-hmm. past trauma, right?、Yeah. Like, I, I don't, and pastors aren't equipped to know that either. You know, they're not. Learning about mental health in in seminary school, right? So、mm-hmm. um, that's why that's probably another reason why it doesn't get talked about because it's simply not known. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like if you think about if you think about it, these principles are actually familiar to us. They're just not applied in this、mm-hmm. way. So like、um, the the idea of、uh, trauma being passed passed down from my parents to me, and、mm-hmm. then inevitably to my children if I don't deal with it.、Yeah. Um, is this idea of generational sin、yeah. that we see in the Bible?、Um, it's, I mean, that's how we talk about it in the support group materials. You、mm-hmm. know, it's generational sin. How can we stop generational sin from continuing?、Mm-hmm. You know,、um, and it's also this idea of, you know, pastors will commonly say stuff like,、uh, "Where do you find your rest?" You know, when 
what is what robs your joy mm. and what takes away your um like comfort you know and all that stuff where are you finding your rest all that it's it's the same question you know like uh when you when do you need to find rest mm. you know it's when you're suffering or strained or stressed or anxious and where you run to in that moment is what you worship yeah you know yeah. and for addicts it's whatever they're addicted to mm. um and so yeah and, and it's also this idea that uh, it's a spiritual idea that sin is layered it's like an iceberg right mm. like at the tip you might see lying but maybe it's lying because you want acceptance and then under that it's you want acceptance because you were never accepted, accepted. by your family you know or whatever and it keeps going um and that's also a biblical idea mm. um and so i think it's it's just that um unfortunately there's so much stigma and there's so little conversation about it mm. and people are also a huge issue is also denial mm. um like not really understanding how serious of a problem it is yeah. um that uh yeah people don't know yeah. but i think if it were explained and people had access to the resources then there would be uh it would make a lot of sense mm. you know yeah. yeah i remember seeing something about it was like a infographic of how long it took each of these things to gain i think like 10 million users or something like that and like it would show like a plane and like it took like 50 years for airplanes to gain 10 million users and like it went down the line like tvs like lap like pcs laptops and like they're all like um several like days or several like years or months or something but like apparently um porn like internet porn or something like that or i forget if it was a specific website or but something it was like nine days wow yeah so yeah. It, it it is obviously something that people do it is obviously something that people do in abundance but mm. it doesn't it's really disproportionate in like everyday conversation right like we talk about things that we do but um based on the numbers it appears that we talk about that way less in public than we do in private yeah you know what i mean so um it definitely is a issue that's not specific to you edward right it's it's wide-reaching and i think another reason might be because of what i like initially talked about when we started started talking is um yeah there are teachers who say that it's perfectly normal behavior to mm. a, to an to us a degree right I don't, like you said for christians like like you and i porn is just bad right and mm. it's something that we should i mean like any sin we should strive to not do but um yeah i think because of that ambiguity because I that was the first question I asked. Hey, what's where's the line between normal healthy behavior and, right. and addiction? Yeah. Because of the ambiguity, I think a lot of people might not even realize it's an issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think that is the so in my support group, um, there's like uh, so my support group program that I'm going through. It's a year long program, and it's you meet every week for two hours <laughs> about, and you talk about a new uh, aspect of this problem. Mm. Um, the very the very first thing we talk about is denial, is uh -huh. uh, coming to terms with reality, mm -hmm. and I think that is uh, for most people the problem, mm. uh, because I, uh, I in that same podcast I was listening to that founder of the ministry, he what, said what was his name again? Uh, Ted Roberts. Okay. He said the uh, the vast majority of men in churches today mm -hmm. are are addicts mm. and they don't know. Mm. Um, they're self-medicating in some way. The most common ways are for men, sex, money, and uh, power. Mm. Um, but Interesting. Yeah, so uh, I, I really do think um, like another, another truth that I have learned mm -hmm. is that, um, and this is something that non-Christians and Christians value, which is when you're in a committed relationship, you don't cheat on the other person. You're right. faithful, right? Mm. Um, but a lot of times... Uh, when you cheat on a person, uh, it's, sometimes it's with a prostitute. It's not even someone you have like an emotional connection with. Mm. Um, it is, uh, it, it didn't just happen mm. overnight, mm -hmm. you know, mm. like it started brewing internally, emotionally. Right. And maybe before you acted out um, with porn, right. 
or before you acted out with whatever other fantasy or whatever, and you didn't involve another person. Mm -hmm. And then eventually when you do, um, that's when your marriage falls apart. Um, and your kids, you know, resent you and then you lose your family, you lose your job, potentially you lose a lot of money and a divorce. So, I mean, I, I do think that a lot of people who get to that point recognize that they were addicted, mm. but I don't think a lot of people recognize, uh, that they have the exact same habits of somebody who uh, would have an affair, but like a few years earlier than they have the affair. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's that's the other thing about me is like, uh, I've had a mentor that was extremely close to me that shaped a lot of my life and my thinking who had an affair. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, from that point on, I was like terrified that that would become me, you right, know? Yeah. And, I, and I didn't ever wanna think like that's, not my problem, yeah. you know, cause mm-hmm. that's like the most arrogant way you can think and the most dangerous. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. So I thought like the, the very first lesson that talked about denial, um, it was, it was, there was like this illustration, you know, the guy was, is a, is a war vet and he was talking about how one time he was doing like a drill or something. And then his plane, uh, he was like so arrogant. He was like, I could do this. Like I could do this fight, this maneuver or whatever. And then he realized he was lost, mm. right? But before he realized he was lost, he was looking at all his instruments and all the dials and everything in front of him on the dashboard. And he was like, these things are telling me that I'm going in the wrong direction. I can't really find where I am. But because he was so confident, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He refused to, you know, call for help. Um, mm. But he, you know, the idea was to look at the signs in your life that are showing you that you don't know what you're doing and you're Mm. lost. Um, That's the very first step. And then there was this quote by someone um, and it was mental health is the commitment to pursuing reality at all costs. Mm. Um, And before you can even start the journey of recovery, you have to come to terms with reality, which is that you are addicted, Mm. you know, and you need help. That's, you know, as you're, as you're talking about that, like I've, I've been playing a lot of video games. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if I'm self-medicating through video games. It's like, possible. I think yeah. it's, that's, that's a very common thing too, mm. you know, or shopping Yeah. or even for me, as I, as I've gone to therapy, I've learned that, uh, I exhibit the exact same behavior with work. Mm. Like for a long time, uh, people would come to me and ask me to like, design something for them or do a show for them or whatever. Um, and I would say yes to everything. And I learned it's because I always, uh, I always thought that that would give me worth, you know? And like at, at the core for me, I don't know if, you know, for other men, it's probably a different issue, but for me, it's everything in my life I do because I want to be validated. I want, I want to, be convinced that I'm worth something, right? And so <clears throat> I'll work extra hard and I'll say yes to everything, even if it burns me out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I can't have a social life and then I get depressed and then I can't do the things I love. Like that has happened to me. And like, I keep telling myself, I'm not going to say yes to the next thing. And then someone is like, Hey, you want to help me with a logo? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> because I want, you know, I want this person to like me, yeah. you know? Um, and so like, that's why I do the work and, um, in college, I was like working on this record label and I like hoarded all the responsibility for myself because I wanted everyone to see that, mm. you know, it was me. Um, and then that's also why I think I talked about this once with you on the very first podcast. I didn't know what I was saying at the time, mm. but it was like, I care so much what people think about me, you know? And yeah. yeah and I, and I really like overthink what people say and do. It's, right. it's because of that. It's because of, I, I have always learned through my interactions with my family and with like being bullied in high school Mm. that I'm worthless, you know? And then when I can't, I I learned that when I can't, uh, achieve that sense of value through Mm. work, Mm. I try to escape through the addiction. And so, um, yeah, learning, learning all of that, um, made me see that whenever something is tied to me needing 
worth, mm-hmm. it can become an addiction. Wow. As long as it's tied to that, it can become an addiction. If mm-hmm. so, the the solution is to deal with that, mm-hmm. that issue at its core. Wow. This is a much deeper conversation than I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because again, it comes out in a lot of different forms. And I, again, I think some people's initial reaction might be, oh, like going to that, like going to porn for, for like escaping whatever like trauma you're, you're trying to escape. Like some people might look down on that, but it, you don't, you don't know like how it will manifest in anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's yeah. different. And, but really the core is the same. And I think it's something that a lot of us like struggle with that we all deal with. Um, some people it manifests into like workaholism, like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, there's a study that came out that um, people who work over 55 hours a week, 30% more likely to get a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah. Wow. So just, you're literally yes. working yourself to death. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so we, we don't know what how, it, how it'll manifest. So I don't think we should judge based on how it does manifest. I think mm-hmm. there should be a willingness to um, like try to help and be supportive of people, anybody dealing with any of this, right? Anybody like dealing with some of the um, trauma of our, our childhood or, or when it, whenever it, it might have happened, um, yeah, we should champion everybody who's trying to deal with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, wow, th- that's, this is an amazing conversation. So I, I want to ask you another question. When when you do, um, do so you're, you said it was a program, right, that you're a part of. Is that still ongoing or is it yeah. over? Yeah. So, I mean, I also want to be clear that like, I am still addicted. Yes. Okay. That's yeah. Like I, I, it's not that I'm coming on this podcast to talk about it. Cause like, Oh, I'm free. I'm right. like victorious. Right. You know, yeah. it's actually, uh, statistically it takes on average three to five years for a person to be totally free from mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even done with the first year. Okay. Um, but because I, I, yeah, that's the point I wanted to make too, is that, um, just because, you start to deal with it. The identification part of the process is really just the beginning. Just because you know yeah. what you're trying to escape from, that doesn't mean you're cured. Yeah. Um, and it is something, and I would even venture to guess that um, it, it might be something that you'll struggle with for much longer than even five years, maybe. Um, like It might be a lot easier. You might be better equipped to deal with it. But um, yeah, it's, and I want to make that point because I think, because it is such a hard thing to overcome, the church, our community, it is something that we have to be really cognizant of and we have to try to be really um, supportive of, you know, like people yeah. fighting these battles um, instead of just saying, oh, well, we'll just let you go do this thing for three to five years and then come back to us when you're ready. You know right, what I mean? Like, right, yeah. that's not how it works at all. Like, we should be um, on the lookout of anybody kind of going through this and like really stepping through it with them, like journeying through it with them. Um, yeah. 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 It's a divine commandment. Mm-hmm. I mean, to bear one another's burdens, mm. you know? Uh, but uh, what was your question? Your question was, so I was going to ask um, like how far along the program. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I started last November. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to, at least this group is going to finish this coming November. Mm. And then around the same, I think, a week or two before I started the group, I started seeing the therapist. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So how did you find this therapist? Did you just Google? Yeah, this, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. So my sister-in-law, mm-hmm. um, my brother's wife, she has a list of therapists of color who are Christian in the metro Atlanta area. Wow. And I found the, uh, I found on the list there was only one dude mm-hmm. and he happened to be Chinese and oh. I'm Chinese. So mm-hmm. I, reached out to him and then i also want people to know that uh therapy is finding a therapist is not usually easy Mm. it's it's usually you have to go through a few you have to reach out to a few not everyone's going to get back to you because some therapists are very busy um and you might meet with some therapists who you don't really vibe with it's like a doctor Mm. you know although you know some of us don't aren't picky with doctors but we should be Um, just a, you, you need to find a therapist who, um, meets your needs and is compatible with you. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was fortunate that the first therapist I found was perfect for what I was looking for. Yeah. But yeah. That's interesting. You say that the counselor that I went to, um, I'm not seeing her right now. Um, 
like I got a lot better. I, I don't know. I, I'll probably go back to her later. But mm-hmm. she's also like super busy. Mm-hmm. Um. So um. But anyways, the uh, the counselor that I saw, she the first session, she said she told me this. Like this is what I do as a counselor. Like um. You know, some people might need a different type of counselor. Some people might mm-hmm. need like a. Like a therapist, like there's like different like designations yeah. for people that do different things. I mean, she and she told me like think about it like as a relationship. Like mm. you're talking to this person, you're like bearing your soul to this person. So like you know, she, and she made sure to uh, tell me that I, and, and make me understand that she wouldn't be offended mm. if I decided not to go with her. Yeah, she said I'll even give you um, recommendations for other people you might want to meet with. But it's really important that you continue to see someone that you like feel you can trust that you feel mm-hmm. like you can like um have this um yeah kind of it's kind of it's really intimate right because yeah. you're talking about things that you haven't really talked to people about before yeah. um so yeah that's i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up because that's what i was told by my counselor as well mm. but i was also lucky in the fact that i really vibed with her really well yeah on my our first session but yeah yeah so this list is there is it possible for us to get this list or is it like a private thing? uh i guess yeah i guess i can ask oh uh, yeah i mean no uh, worries if there's any yeah we'll, we'll i mean i up. can at least i can at least tell you my yeah therapist. yeah <laughs> yeah if you don't mind yeah well my therapist is roger lynn roger lynn, okay. he uh works at the pathway center for psychotherapy in okay. duluth okay um i do know he is pretty busy mm. but you know, doesn't hurt to reach out. Yeah, that that is one thing I did here. Therapists and counselors are super busy, like especially because of COVID. Um, people, mm. A lot of people dealing with um, mental health issues. I think it, like the lockdown really kind of accelerated um, the whole mental health deterioration for yeah. a lot of people. Um, so yeah, don't be discouraged if if someone you reach out to is is busy. Wow. So yeah. so um, is there any pre so this is gonna be a weird question are there any prerequisites that you know of that need to be met before you meet a therapist for example like do you have to be a certain level of in the bad place before you reach Mm. out or go there or like can anyone who's just like oh you know like i'm i don't know if i'm really addicted or not but i can really see myself becoming addicted if i don't do anything about it like do you know if there are any like stages yeah, I believe everyone should see a therapist mm. um, without exception. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's just like um, if any person saw a physical therapist, mm. um, the physical therapist would probably find things about your posture, about your habits, your lifestyle that will eventually lead to you having some kind of chronic pain. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you see a doctor for physical checkups, even if you feel healthy, you might you, you go to the physical checkups, or at least you should, um, so that they can catch anything that's serious early, mm, right? Mm. A therapist is is in the same category of wellness, you know? Like, uh, you, you go, um, first of all, I think most people are more likely to be uh, mentally unhealthy than physically unhealthy mm. without noticing. Yeah. Just because it's so normalized in our culture to be mentally unhealthy (laughs) sometimes it's like celebrated it's like a badge of honor right right yeah people who are overworked and like depressed exactly yeah you take pride in that um you kind of joke about it oh yeah i'm depressed i'm sick you know stuff like that Uh, but yeah it's definitely um i think every person is more likely to discover that they have some form i don't want to say mental illness but they need to improve their mental health. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I just think that's super important to understand that you should go. And I think it's important for everyone to learn about mental health mm-hmm. for their own wellness sake. Mm-hmm. Um, like just me learning that I need to deal with my trauma or else I am very likely to pass it on to my children, mm-hmm. even if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like knowing that is very important mm. for me, you know, for my family. So, so um, talking about your trauma, was it something that you kind of knew was there, or was that something you discovered through therapy? Um, it's it's definitely something I knew. Uh, I knew it was there because, um, and I knew that I was running away from it mm. because I never wanted, I never wanted to see my dad, you know, uh. and then I mean. 
I was okay with that, (laughs) but my mom and the rest of my family were uh, not okay with it. And the way it manifested was I never wanted to go home and see any family because my dad was there. Um, And so because of that, like, I think it was, I mean, I knew that it wasn't right, but I also didn't even realize that until like senior year college. Mm -hmm. Like my mom told me, you know, hey, if you're serious about this girl that you're dating and you want to get married and start your family, you need to reconcile with your own family, you know? And then that, uh, that came up and then I was having like small groups where it just kept coming up. Like Mm -hmm. my relationship with my dad kept coming up in Mm -hmm. the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then I felt kind of convinced that, um, you know, this is a problem that I need to deal with, but I never, uh, understood it fully Mm. you know until very recently with because really therapy gives you the tools right you know it doesn't like it's kind of like physical when you go to a physical therapist and you have all this pain in your body Mm -hmm. they'll give you these exercises that will fix you Mm -hmm. they'll get rid of get rid of the pain if you do it Mm -hmm. but if you take the exercises and you don't do them Mm -hmm. you're gonna stay sick Mm -hmm. right um that's kind of what happened with therapy so I started getting all these tools and then using those tools that helped me uncover like what this really was mm. and how it was affecting all aspects of my life. Um, and then, yeah, that was when I could start dealing with it. Wow. Yeah. I asked the question because um, when I went to my counselor about my anxiety, I had no idea why I was anxious. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't know the like what if, if there was any trauma or anything like that, but um, she like helped me she's through a line of series of questioning multiple sessions what we found out was that my view of what a father or husband of a family should do was really unhealthy like Mm. it was like every part of the every bit of the responsibilities on you the well-being to 100 percent of your child and your wife like it must be on you and like the one crazy thing that we did was she made me like kind of draw out a extended family tree and we looked at like all the male figures and like how they are doing and the ones that weren't particularly responsible or weren't particularly like um providing well and when i say well like i I mean in like the secular sense like they weren't like bringing home a lot of money or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah um like something happened to their family there was like some sort of brokenness in their immediate family and Mm -hmm. like i didn't i I knew the information in my head but i never connected it Mm -hmm. so it must have been like a subconscious thing i um witnessed or experienced or saw what the male family heads of my family were doing and like the results of what they were doing and that kind of distilled it to oh i need to be this way mm-hmm. otherwise something bad's gonna happen yeah and it was subconscious yeah, yeah yeah and i mean for me it was it was like that too it was that i didn't i had no idea mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. i was addicted mm-hmm. you know i had no clue mm-hmm. so i just knew i was addicted and that's and that's why i went to to my therapist i didn't know that we would talk about my dad mm-hmm. or deal with that mm-hmm. i didn't even know that was related yeah um, I mean, we started talking about how I need to like work out, mm. you know, I didn't even know that was related or, huh. and we talked about like, uh, I, it's just like we went through all of my health mm. and like we had to address basically my holistic well being in order for me to heal from this, yeah. you know, yeah. like socially between me and my friends, like me and myself, me and God. Mm. I mean, he is, he had like two seminary degrees or something. And so he also can have full on conversations about faith with me. And that's like all of this stuff that I didn't expect to even think about during Mm -hmm. therapy Mm -hmm. um, came up. Wow. Yeah. So guys, it's not only is it, Oh, no, bless you. Bless you. (laughs) Thanks. Um, not only is, um, like counseling or, or therapy, like helpful, like you, it's like so interesting cause you learn so much about yourself that yeah. is back there somewhere in your mind, but you never really had the tools to like really understand what it was doing to you. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So h- how do you, how do you feel like you're doing? Do you think, do you feel like therapy is helping? Like, are you progressing? <laughs> yeah. I, um, so I will say like. Um, 
I have had the longest periods of sobriety I've ever had in my life. Mm, wow. Um, this last year. Mm. Um, so I know that it's doing something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the way that I'm thinking about it is very different than before. It's mm-hmm. not so, uh, I'm not so overpowered by shame mm-hmm. and guilt. Mm. And I mean, the fact that I'm even up on this podcast talking to you about it shows that um, it's not something to be ashamed of mm. like it it is wrong mm. the way that i'm coping and the way that i'm uh, dealing with it and the addiction but um, i think it's really important um, to show the difficulties yeah. you know of the yeah. process um but yeah so like the shame and the power is uh, the, the power of the shame is not so strong anymore mm. Um, and I have all the tools I think I need to, uh, recover. Mm. It's just a matter now of rewiring my brain, um, over a long period of time and consistently using the tools that I've learned about and been given. Um, and that's going to take years to, to change. Wow. So do you feel like it's helped your relationship with your wife? Yeah. I mean, definitely. I think not just in terms of like this specific issue, mm-hmm. but overall in my life, like, oh, wow. um, I think when I'm healthier emotionally, of course it's better for my wife, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think it is important, um, uh, for her to see that I'm progressing and that I'm trying. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also important for me to have hope that it will change because, mm-hmm. you know, before I went to therapy, I didn't even believe I would ever, be free from this Mm. you know Mm. um and so you know if i don't feel like i can be free from it um how does how would that make my wife feel you know so i think it's really important in terms of giving us hope giving us a path forward for recovery and and all of that and there's there's even support groups by the same ministry for spouses of addicts Mm. Um, because there's, you know, betrayal and pain oh, wow. that, uh, comes with that as well. That yeah. also needs, um, support. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and I was going to ask your therapist that you go to, does he like specialize in this or is he, um, so I looked at, I think, so on the website, there's like a list of things he specializes in. Mm-hmm. I don't think this was one of them, but oh. he does, he has, I mean, when I talked to him about it, he had a lot of resources and he had you know, counseled this issue before. Oh. So I don't know if it's a specialty, but he has experience with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was helpful, but I, I know that there are therapists who specifically specialize in this as well. Mm. Yeah. All right. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Cause then why doesn't he list it on, on his website? As yeah. A, I don't know. I wonder if you need like a certain certification to yeah, maybe, call it. A- I mean, I, like he, I think one of the things he listed was clergy care and, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I know that maybe there are things that are just more like you can't go like he might be more uniquely positioned because of his experience and his uh, education. Right. Um, to specifically help those things. Right, um, right. But he can also help with other things. Yeah. So I don't know. That's good to know. Um, yeah. Because just because it doesn't list on the website doesn't mean that that therapy that therapist is not the one for you right yeah yeah have a conversation with them see see if they can help with whatever you're dealing with yeah mm-hmm. wow um so yeah before uh, so we have like uh oh, we're actually we can, pretty good on time take your time yeah. okay but um <laughs> I, I actually wanted to talk about something else as well okay um so first of all thank you for being so vulnerable yeah. um i really commend you for it because Man, this this podcast we're all about rawness and vulnerability and mm-hmm. kind of speaking uh, what's on our hearts and minds freely without judgment. And I know all my listeners are, yeah, they're judgment free. They will not judge you for this. Um, but if you do find yourself judging, man, I gotta call you out. You're part of the problem. <laughs> you know, like let's not let's not be that way. Let's not further stigmatize something um, that's really an illness. You know, uh, we don't ever laugh and point at someone for bleeding right that's a bleeding is a a sign that something has gone wrong that there's a hurt there's a wound there um so that's we i think now that we know now that we've heard from edward let's strive to be that way when we see certain behaviors that 
um, are not healthy or detrimental to that person's well-being, we shouldn't just say that person lacks self-control or that that person lacks discipline. We should say, oh, this person needs help. This person needs my support. Um, Mm. Yeah. And so let's let's strive to be that kind of community, guys. I that's what I want to see, especially in the Asian American community. I think that's one of the things that we lack. Yeah. Um, First of all, we lack being vulnerable. And then secondly, we lack um, being that support group, being being a supportive community around people who are in, in kind of like a vulnerable, weak, or like hurting place. Yeah, I I definitely think um, this is a problem with all the the whole church mm. nationwide. Because mm. I think the one of the things Ted Roberts, the founder of the ministry, he was also saying when he first was trying to start this ministry, he went to a ton of churches and he was saying like, you know, this is the problem. This is uh, how, like what this ministry would be doing. And we wanted to partner with your church Mm -hmm. and none of the churches wanted to work with him just because they were Mm -hmm. like, we would never be okay with having a ministry about this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, And that to me is like so sad, (laughs) you know, because, uh, you know, I, I would say like, three-fourths of the guys that i've talked to mm-hmm. who are christian mm-hmm. struggle with this yeah you know and it's i wouldn't be surprised if it was more than that <laughs> yeah you know me neither yeah yeah but i i so i, I just think like you know we had that shooting mm-hmm. in atlanta mm. and the guy claimed to be a sex addict yeah and he was acting out at a massage parlor right yeah. and um to me hearing that it's like first of all i know he was a member of a church Mm. um and i don't want to make too many assumptions but it's it's kind of like that hit close to home for me on multiple levels like not just that i'm asian american but also that i'm struggling with this exact same problem Mm. um and if it is unaddressed and it's i mean if you stigmatize the problem and the solution and because of that somebody people don't really want to talk about it people don't want to be open about it they just internalize it maybe they don't have any access to resources so that they can actually heal and recover Mm. um you will get situations like this yeah you know where the people react that way um so yeah i just think um at least for me when i'm when i have you know made more progress into my recovery I want to also lead one of these groups, support groups, because within the church, especially my current Asian church, because it's just like we can't expect this to change unless we actually change it. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, just thinking about how. um, So this was from a a movie, uh, Tropic Thunder. Have you ever watched it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, I actually looked the fact up because it was so interesting to me. It blew my mind. But they were talking about how if you, for those of you who are older, you'll remember like PlayStation 2 and Xbox. They had two different formats for the CDs that they took, the games. Sony, PlayStation 2 took Blu-ray and uh, Xbox took HD DVD. Hmm. A lot of you won't remember what, or won't know what HD DVD is because they lost that war. Like, Blu-ray became the successor to like DVD Hmm. and the movie said the reason that happened, it was because porn decided to distribute on Blu-ray. Oh, wow. So so that one industry literally moved the needle toward Blu-ray adoption Hmm. and knowing that that's how widely accessible this is, Hmm. um, it's it's a huge problem. It has to be a huge problem. Like, yeah we so again like the one thing that we stigmatize the most might be one of the things that's you know the most detrimental to to the people of our church i'm not even going to say men because i'm I'm sure there are women who who deal with this and struggle with this as well yeah um so that all that to say um we really need to stop stigmatizing this and we really need to embrace those people and and show the people who are struggling with it that we care and that that we want to support them Mm. so yeah we care and we support you, Edward. Thank you. Um, yeah. Appreciate um, it. Yeah. But shifting gears a little bit, hmm. I wanted to talk to you about something amazing that you recently did. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, are you trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about? Because there are many amazing things you've done. Um, mm, yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> so you you did a um, design for uh, Reach Records. 
Yes. For yes, for AAPI month, right? Mm-hmm. It looks dope, by the way. Thank you. It's um Appreciate the one one six, right? Yeah. But the six is the the red like dragon. Yes. So how did how did that opportunity come up? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, just connections, man. Mm. I mean, I so I interned at Reach Records 2015, mm. six years ago. Mm. <laughs> Um, I was wait, like, wait. A, Before, for those of uh, our listeners who don't know what Reach Records are, can you explain who they are, what they do? Yeah, Reach Records is a lit record label based in Atlanta. Artists like Lecrae, Andy Minio, KB, Triple E, Tadashi, you know, so on. Pretty much the like the top Christian hip hop artists. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they are the pioneers of the modern age mm-hmm. in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, actually me growing up in high school, their music was my like life. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like I knew all their songs. Uh, even when I started rapping, it was heavily influenced by them. I would remix a lot of their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like a dream company to, to work for. So I interned. So that's why, uh, me wanting to work in the music industry, I interned, I applied to be an intern there 2015. I got accepted. I did an internship that summer. Uh, I was a terrible intern, but, uh, that's a, that's a different conversation. Um, but yeah, so one of the guys that uh, worked there, Mm -hmm. he was the social media director at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually sat like right across from him when I was an intern, I helped him with some tweets, stuff like that. Um, and then, uh, eventually 2021, he is now the senior vice president of marketing at reach records. (laughs) Uh, and then, you know, I, I had been making this Instagram for a while. Um, and I was talking, I think I followed him on Instagram and Mm -hmm. then I think that's how he reconnected with me. I think Mm -hmm. we'd been friends on Facebook, but it was like before Instagram was like the, the main place to be. Right. Right. Um, and so he, uh, then looked at my Instagram, he followed me, he loved the stuff I was doing. He reached out and was like, uh, yo, we should reconnect. Mm. And I was like, great. I wasn't thinking... I'm going to, the reach is going to hire me. I'm just yeah. thinking, oh, this is like my friend that mm-hmm. I want to connect with again, you know, and that'd be great. So we did like a FaceTime and then the whole conversation, this was right after the shooting in Atlanta. Mm. He really, you know, he first asked me, you know, we caught up, like he got married, he had, he had a kid and all that. Um, and then, so we were catching up, you know, I also got married and then we, um, yeah, we were just talking about our lives during COVID, you know, the usual stuff, catching up. And then he was asking me about like how I was responding to the shootings um, and um, how the community uh, responds. And, you know, we were just talking about that. And then I was like, yo, you should come up and we'll like give you the Asian American Atlanta experience. Mm. You know, we were just talking like that. And then at the very, very end, right before I was like, I'm going to hang up. He was like, hey, I want you to work on this uh, T-shirt for us, (laughs) for our T-shirt club. You know, Uh and I was like. I would love to do that, you know? Um, so then, you know, he, he passed it off to the, the, I think the guy who handles that every month. So Mm -hmm. basically they have a one, one six limited is a t-shirt subscription Mm -hmm. where every month reach records partners with a designer or artist, um, to do their own rendition of the one, one six logo. Oh, cool. Um, and so, yeah, he specifically was like, Hey, if you, um, I, and like, you can do whatever you want with it, but like, feel free to also incorporate and bring your culture, you know, mm-hmm. cultural identity into it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go all out Chinese. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that and yeah. it was a huge honor. Yeah. Dream company for most of my life. Mm-hmm. So amazing. I mean, and the design, it came out so nice. Like Thank you. it was yeah, I actually, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, cool. He's just taken one of the designs and like kind of put his own spin on it. I thought you just kind of did it on your own. And then I read through your post. I was like, oh, wow, they like reached out. That's so crazy. And yeah, I, I first of all, I really appreciated as an Asian American, I appreciated Reach Records, like mm-hmm. trying to, you know, incorporate our culture into it. Um, yeah. And like the fact that they like kind of gave you free reign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause there are, I'm sure there are companies who are like, well, we want you to do it Asian, but like this type of Asian or like, you know, had had input, yeah, but the, yeah. the fact that they said like, yeah, just really let like your background and who you are, like be in it. Like, I think I really appreciated that sentiment. And I think that produced such a 
cool logo. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so was there any reason you went with the, the red dragon? Because I, I think I get the color. Red is really kind of yeah. representative of, of China. But mm-hmm. um, like with the, the dragon, was there yeah, I mean, for that? Uh, to, to me, in, in the West, um, the dragon immediately represents Chinese culture, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that, so I don't know if you know, but there was a lot of controversy in the comments about this design. Really? Uh, yeah. So uh, when Reach Records posted it, mm-hmm. so I had sent them an explanation and I was telling them, you know, this is a, uh, in the pa- in the past, the dragon has represented many things, mm-hmm. you know, but <clears throat> in the West, in modern day, mm-hmm. if you see a dragon, the red dragon uh, in America, mm-hmm. you'll think there's like a cultural event. You're not going to mm-hmm. think there's going to, you're not going to think people are worshiping a dragon. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so I was like, you know, this is a, uh, this is simply a symbol of, uh, Chinese culture yeah. and me marrying it with the one, one six logo, which is, you know, Romans one sixteen, yeah. not ashamed of the gospel. Um, it's kind uh, my hope is that all, Christians around the world would be encouraged that the Chinese church is also unashamed of the mm-hmm. gospel, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote those explicitly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but there were people in the comments saying like, "Dragon can never represent, has no place in the kingdom of heaven." Don't you know what the dragon represents in the Bible? Uh, you know, stuff like yeah, that. And then yeah. there was even one person who went so so far as to say, uh, "You know, there are no dragons in creation, uh, only lizards and reptiles, etc." And they were like. The, these ancient depictions of uh, dragons that the Chinese had in you know old days was likely given to them directly from Satan. And I was like, what the? This is crazy, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was the other thing. It was like, first of all, um, you know, I, I really am grateful because Reach is a company that I, you know, I, I love their music. Mm-hmm. You know, like that period is such an honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, the fact that they were okay with this, mm-hmm. like okay with the response, because mm-hmm. I, I also texted that same guy, mm-hmm. the, the SVP and I was like, yo, hopefully I didn't like, um, cause any extra stress to your team because yeah. of the comments about it being demonic, yeah. you know? And then he was like, no, that comes with everything. Don't worry about it. Mm, wow. You know? And I was like, dang, you know, it's true. There's a lot of. Every Lecrae post, there's someone like, um, sad you sold your soul to the devil or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Just because he's wearing like a shirt with a skull on it or right. something. You know? Right. Um, so yeah, I just, um, that was like a huge, it was like kind of discouraging that there are people who are so adamant about that, mm-hmm. but it's like really encouraging that reach was so okay with it. Yeah. You know? And so. you know, that, that's, that's actually, um, very interesting example of how cultural differences can manifest into like disagreements like that because yeah. you're right when asians not just chinese people i think just asians in general when we think about a dragon it's like the feelings that we get is like like wisdom like sage mm. old like yeah. you know and, and like revered right mm. those are like the things that we think about but i guess for western christians when they think about dragon, they think about like the, the serpent, yeah, yeah. right? The, the devil or whatever. Or like the beast. In right. Revelation. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's one of the gaps. I think this podcast can help, um, bridge, mm. um, you know, the, like, you know, when we went through the whole, um, brand identity, like rebranding, yeah. like one, one of the things we wanted to do was make sure that this podcast was, you know, a voice for the Asian Americans. Right. Um, and yeah, that, it's sad to hear that, that, <clears throat> yeah, like non-Asians will kind of take their culture, right? And, and their perspective on things and then impose it on our culture and then say that's wrong. Yeah. You know, just because they don't understand where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens all over. Um, that's not specific just to uh, this one instance. So, yeah, that's that's really interesting. But I, I think, yeah, I think... Yeah, I'm glad that you did that design because it opens up Thank dialogue you. like this. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's also just like, you know, um, I know that. So first of all, I I do believe that dragons existed. Mm. Like, I every culture around the world has these depictions, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and of this 
animals that look just like the same. Mm -hmm. So I believe that if you believe dinosaurs existed, dragons probably existed at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? But I really do think that, you know, even if the dragons were heralded as like divine and Mm -hmm. they were gods and they were worshipped, if they are part of creation, then God declared they were good. Mm -hmm. And at some point we need to redeem what has traditionally been pagan, Mm, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like hip hop, Mm. you know, like literally what reach records is all about is like hip hop culture was so associated with like, you know, drugs and sex and all of that. Um, and they wanted to redeem that and they wanted to show that, you know, it's not that it's not that CCM Mm -hmm. or worship music makes music holy, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. not these, you know, the way they dress or the the style of music or whatever. Um, and even in the beginning of that, people were like, hip hop is hip hop. It's demonic. Yeah. You know, there's no way it can be Christian. You know, it was like an oxymoron right. to be a Christian rapper. Right. Um, and I think we need people to continue doing the work that Jesus has done with the church of redeeming us, yeah. you know, who were pagan Gentiles. Yeah. There, we have no heritage of faith really, mm-hmm. uh, compared to Israel. Right. Um, but yeah, so I just think um, that's also extremely important, and I'm so thankful that Reach um, gave me the opportunity. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, um, yeah, we're uh, past the hour mark. Any any last thoughts before we sign off? Uh, no, I mean, just thank you, thank you for this platform, and um, yeah, I I would love to. If there's anyone who wants to talk about the the sex sex addiction thing. Um, I would love to talk mm-hmm. with you about it. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Well, um, I, I'll put up uh, um, your. You know, actually, uh, I'll put up your Instagram. Yeah. Um, your design Instagram because that's always awesome to see. Um, and people can reach out if you want to reach out directly to Edward. Um, you can reach out to him, or if you want to, you know, reach out to me, and then you want me to forward him the message. I'm more than happy to do that as well. Um, so all of the, the contact information will be in the podcast descriptions or in the Instagram post. Um, so look, look there and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you guys connected. Sweet. Um, Edward, thank you so much again. Um, this conversation was amazing. Um, yes. and yeah, thank you. very eye opening. So yeah, thank you Great. Thank guys. You. Uh, again, if you have any feedback whatsoever, um, yeah, please reach out to us. Um, look, look in the podcast descriptions and yeah, we really look forward to uh connecting with you guys and continuing dialogue uh wherever uh needs to be had so thank you so much for listening and uh hope you enjoyed peace